This is episode seven of Real Shift Radio with special guest Efron Smith. Are you ready for the shift? Are you ready for security, balance, and freedom to do the things that you wanna do? It all starts with the shift. My name is Dominic Labriola. I'm a real estate broker and developer, and each week I sit down to speak with the most inspiring people in the real estate industry to bring you stories of shift, successes, challenges, aha moments, and overall best practices to help you live your best life. This is Real Shift Radio. Welcome back to episode seven of Real Shift Radio Shifters. This week has been amazing. The outpouring of support and the feedback you've been giving me with your reviews has been incredible. I woke up on Wednesday to a note from my dear friend Joanna Burks. You all know her from episode 3. Joanna told me she had risen early as usual to do her meditation and saw that this program had reached the charts in the new and noteworthy section of iTunes. That's so exciting. I think it's every new podcaster's dream to make that list. So I want to thank you guys for your help getting us there. The guests on this show are sharing some of the most incredible, life-changing messages, and every single episode leaves me feeling more prepared and inspired to get out and do something good. And I get the feeling that you all are starting to feel the same way too. Let's keep this momentum going. I think you're going to want to listen to today's episode with Efron Smith several times, as I know that this has been one of the most powerful interviews I've ever heard. I truly think that Efron has unlocked the secrets of living a fulfilling life. I'm so inspired by him and the balance that he has achieved between his highly successful real estate business and his deeply enriched personal life with friends and family. Efron Smith has had an amazing career in real estate, beginning in the 1980s with entry-level condominium sales and catapulting to the top of the market in Los Angeles, selling $20 million luxury homes. On top of that, He's also created an unrivaled worldwide network of like-minded boutique real estate brokerages, Leverage Global Partners. But as you will learn in this episode, it wasn't always this way, and I am captivated by the formula he shares. You're going to want to take action and implement this platform into your business and into your life immediately. That said, let's jump right into the conversation. Thank you, Efron Smith. Thanks for joining me. Dominic, it's great to be here. You are the president of Leverage Global Partners, which is our global division, and you're co-founder of our company, Partners Trust Real Estate Brokerage and Acquisitions. And that hasn't always been what you've done, but you started actually back in Texas, right? Uh, correct. Born and raised in El Paso, Texas. Went to college at University of Texas at El Paso and moved to Los Angeles in 1988. Awesome. There's a, a story I've heard about uh, a vehicle that you drove across country and, uh, and a destination, and I'd love for you to share that with our audience now. It's interesting. Uh, those that know me well know I have absolutely no sense of direction, uh, and I, uh, I, thank, uh, uh, I thank the gods every day for Google. <laughs> I have absolutely no sense of direction. So when I moved out here after graduating from college, uh, I had very little money, and I had a burnt orange 1984 Pinto. <laughs> and 
uh, drove out to Los Angeles, not knowing anyone. Thought I was heading to Santa Monica, and there is a specific point in time where you need to take a left on the 10 freeway that will take you to Santa Monica. I stayed on the 405. The next thing I knew, I was in Burbank, California, <laughs> and that's where I that's where I lived the first six months of my new life in uh, in California. So, what brought you to the West Side? I came to the West Side after I. Let me take a step back. I originally came at her to be able to get involved in the entertainment industry. Uh, knowing no one, I had put in an application at CBS. Interesting, Carol Wallach was the woman's name, I'll never forget it. I met with her and uh, let her know I needed a job. Uh, I thought it was a great meeting. She said it was a good meeting, she'd get back with me. And I said, well, when can I start? And she said, it doesn't really work that way out here. We'll get back to you in a couple of weeks. And at that point in time, we'll see if there's something for you. There were no cell phones at that point in time, and I just I just called her every day. Called her twice a day. I didn't know any different. Yeah, I uh, didn't know any different, uh, and started working at uh, CBS uh, my third week in, in California. Um, it's amazing what you can do when you have to, and that's that's kind of the mindset that I've always had. It's uh, you've got two directions to go. You can you can either uh, treat life like a contact sport. Uh, or you can be in the stands. And uh, oftentimes, uh, when you're engaged, uh, wonderful things happen. Awesome. So from CBS, how did that transition into real estate? My family in Texas uh, had been in real estate for years. I had always been, uh, uh, always been enamored with it. And I eventually did end up in Santa Monica. And my first real estate job was with uh, Merrill Lynch, and one of my favorite people of all time, Sandra Deering, who is now uh, a senior VP at uh, Colwell Banker in uh, Orange County. Mm. Okay. And it was interesting, Dominic, when I started, there, the thing I love most about real estate is that if you do not listen to the people that tell you what your limitations are, you have no limitations. And the irony is when I started out, at Merrill Lynch in Santa Monica on Wilshire Boulevard. Condominiums was the easiest thing for me to get uh, my sink my teeth into. Mm -hmm. The uh, prices were anywhere from 225 to 600,000. Okay. And uh, I was told to expect to be able to do, if I could do two or three transactions my first year, that would be phenomenal. The only problem there was that that was my sole source of revenue. So I, I had no choice. Uh, and I ended up selling 13 properties my first year uh, and really never looked back. Uh, I, I was always so appreciative. And it to this day, there's always that, uh, that friend of mine on my shoulder saying, you know, you got to keep going, you got to keep going. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, uh, uh, that's one of my inspirations. Okay. So from Merrill Lynch, you... You then moved to, how did that transition to Coldwell Banker? And Interesting. There were so many acquisitions in the 80s and 90s. Okay. Merrill Lynch was acquired by Prudential. Mm -hmm. Moved to Prudential. Prudential was acquired by Coldwell Banker, and I stayed at Coldwell Banker until 98, uh, and then from Coldwell Banker went to Sotheby's. Okay. 
And at that point, you were introduced to many of the other founding partners of Partners Trust, or you... That's a great. That's a great story. I uh, Nick Siegel was my manager at Sotheby's. Uh, I had known Richard. St- I had known Richard Stearns for years. Richard was actually uh, Richard and I did our first deal together. Okay. Uh, in the real estate business, awesome. uh, and I had known uh, Hugh Evans uh, for years, and I had known uh, David Finley through uh, Nick Siegel, and so it was just a. It was a a, a nice a nice connection all the way around. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had talked about, you know, the wonders of having a company uh, and dealing with and working with people that you really liked, mm-hmm. uh, having a no locks on the door policy, where it was an environment that was conducive to doing business uh, and reaching out to people. Mm-hmm. So how did the idea for Partners Trust come to be and, and what made you guys want to form this company? When I was at Sotheby's, I got to be close friends with Nick. I'd known Richard for years. And Scott Carmody, who's now the manager of the, uh, who has been the manager of the Brentwood office, we were all in the same office. Mm-hmm. We'd had opportunities to, to talk, as I lovingly call the, uh, uh, the think tank, uh, the think tank patio at 169 North Canyon View Drive, which would be my backyard. <laughs> We'd had so many meetings there, you know, talking about, you know, what if. And when we started the company, the thought was with the amount of business that we did collectively, we really could be particular on who we brought in. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing elitist about that. We just wanted to bring on like-minded people. We Mm -hmm. wanted to bring on uh, people that uh, that had big hearts. Uh, and uh, only matched by their appetite for success, and you know I think we've really held on to that uh, uh, to that philosophy to this day. Mm-hmm. So, tell me about the way that you've positioned yourself with with the right team to to implement that kind of business on the real estate side. That's a great question. When I started it. When I started at Merrill Lynch, I was one of the first people in that company that brought on uh, an associate. I, I never like to people think of people that work with me as staff or assistants. Okay. Uh, we're all on a team. And when I brought that person on, I just took a leap of faith that uh, by paying someone, I'd be able to do exponentially more business. Mm-hmm. And I brought on one person. It worked out beautifully. And then I ended up bringing on a second person. Uh, we had a wonderful team, and it enabled me to treat real estate the way it should be treated, and that's as a business. And you're the CEO of your company. Uh, you're in control of your destination. You're in control of your future. Mm-hmm. And you've got to be able to establish and create a system in order to do that. And by bringing on, by bringing on uh, a team, it really enabled me to do that. And I went from, by keeping in touch with clients, uh, as the years went by, uh, the individuals that I sold condominiums to ended up buying homes. And those people ended up getting promotions, ended up doing better in business. And so um, over a a 20-year span, 
Um, you know, I've gone from selling three to four hundred thousand dollar properties to, you know, eighteen to twenty million dollar properties. Uh, and the thing that's interesting is that um, uh, same mindset, uh, same approach. Uh, you just have to be really hands on. You've got to care about the outcome, uh, and you've got to be more concerned about your clients than you do about the paycheck. Mm-hmm. And if, if you if you stay with that uh, if you stay with that belief, uh, things end up working out pretty well. Mm-hmm. So, what positioned you to reach the kind of people that are dealing with those kinds of properties versus the the three four hundred thousand dollar condos? I've learned to ask questions. I've made it a point to find the six degrees of separation in everybody that I deal with, mm-hmm. uh, meaning that. Uh, in any given room, Dominic, uh, we may all know the same people, but that doesn't mean that those people are going to want to do business with all of us. Mm-hmm. So I make it a point to gravitate towards like-minded people, and I've made it a specific point to have savant-like follow-through over the years you know, with clients, making sure that I'm always going to be able to do repeat business with them. Mm-hmm. And if there's anyone that I can be of service to that my clients want to refer me to, that's who I'll follow up with. Mm -hmm. What kinds of programs or systems do you use to keep, I mean, is it all in your head or do you have some kind of a a program to help you do that? I've got a program that's designed for people that have no memory. (laughs) Um, I use Google Docs. I find that Google has the, the best system. It enables me to have a calendar. It ama- enables me to have contacts. Uh, and it enables me to um, have access uh, to that information on my smartphone. And the system that I've got on a weekly and monthly basis, I make it a point to reach out and contact three people a day. And I make it a point to reach out to my client base once a month um, via, uh, via email. Uh, and then once a month uh, um, via a letter or an update on what's going on. And it's interesting. I always, Dominic, I always want to be able to provide relevant information. Mm-hmm. And the thing that is so wonderful about the computer age and the ability to use Google, the ability to, to use social media, is that it is the most economical way for anyone to get engaged uh, with their clients, with the public. Mm-hmm. Focus on what you know and share that information. There's a way to track it. There's a way to find out which of your clients gravitate towards what information. Candidly, it's fun. I don't want, to, I don't want people to get too caught up in the social media because then they forget what we're doing. We're mm-hmm. here to sell homes. We're here to sell real estate. And if you have a balance, it works out beautifully. Mm -hmm. That's actually the design behind this podcast. And balance is really important to me. And bringing that message to people is really why I wanted to have you here. Because I feel like you have a really strong balance of both work and a personal life. And you've got an amazing family. and, And I'd love for you to speak to that a little bit. Can you tell me how you maintain that balance? I feel so fortunate to have been with my wife for 32 years. Mm-hmm. I've, got, I've got two boys, uh, one that graduated from NYU, who's 23, uh, J. Evan Smith, 
And then I've got Brandon Smith, who's a sophomore at USC right now. And in thinking back over the last 23 years, I've been able to make time for the boys, make time for Tracy, and put in quite a few hours at work. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, I did not have the connection uh, with, my, with my parents growing up, and I, I made a commitment when I got married that I was going to break that chain mm-hmm. and that I was going to have the type of family and relationship that I wanted to have growing up. Mm-hmm. The thing that's interesting, I've got so many of my contemporaries that put so many hours into their business and not realizing that you know, a relationship with your significant other necessitates equal time. Mm-hmm. You've, you, you've got to put the time in. And, and I, happen to, I happen to enjoy it. And it is such a balance. And it's so easy to do today because of, uh, because of technology, because of the smartphones, uh, and knowing that you can, you can check out for an hour at a time or two hours at a time and then re-engage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. I can tell you uh, over the next 90 days um, what plans I've got, what small trips I've got planned. I'll take, a, I'll take eight hours you know, out, of, uh, out of the day and make it feel like it's two days mm-hmm. by driving to Malibu, by driving to Laguna and, you know, really, really treating it like it's a vacation. Mm-hmm. I have people ask me all the time, you seem to, you seem to travel everywhere. I, 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 we don't travel everywhere, but we try to go to as many places as we can. And we try to really appreciate the time that we've got. And I strongly recommend, Dominic, everybody that's listening, to set up on their calendar for the next 90 days. Pick one three-day period each month to just check out. Mm-hmm. That's three days for yourself. And then once a week, you got to have a date night with your significant other. You have, it's, it's a gotta. And on a daily basis, set aside 15 minutes to reach out to everybody that you care about in your life. And, you know, for me, I can count that. Let me take a step back. You want to be able to set aside 15 minutes a day to reach out to your significant other, mm-hmm. to your children, and to your parents, and to those that you want to reach out to. Uh, I was inspired by an uncle of mine uh, who spoke with his father every day uh, for the last 10 years that he was alive. Mm-hmm. And they spoke five minutes every day. And it was just a check-in. And that's, that's so invaluable. There's no reason why we can't do it, and I strongly recommend it. Because if you've, got, if you've got that kind of inspiration and you've got that kind of balance on a daily basis, you can take on the world. Wow. It, it almost seems like the pay-yourself-first mentality on a, on a business level but then brought to a personal level because... With the richest man in Babylon, they say that book says to put 10% of your income aside to pay yourself first. 
And it's like you're paying yourself first with your with your spiritual and health well-being by setting three out of 30 days of the month aside that way. It, it's kind of, it, it really, it made me feel like it's the secret there. So it's pretty amazing. The clarity that you will get by checking out the check-in is really amazing. And if you look at the foundation on a daily basis, I go for a 20 minute walk every morning to go get coffee. Mm -hmm. I love coffee. You know that. I know that. (laughs) And I reach out. I set aside an hour because I've got four people that I want to reach out to 15 minutes each. Mm -hmm. And the reality of it is I may only, I may not connect, but I'm trying to. Yeah. And that's, that's the balance. We're, Real estate is a contact sport, and you've got to nurture and take care of yourself in order to be able to engage mm-hmm. uh, at 100%. Yeah. So it seems like an effective relationship for you has, has been to have Tracy be involved in, in your business. And, and a lot of the really successful people that I see really do share a partnership in all aspects with their significant other, not just like a, I don't know. I, how does that play for you? And, and I mean, she really seems to be a big part of, of your work life too. I trust Tracy implicitly. She's far smarter than I am (laughs) and she's far more balanced than I am. And so to be able to reach out to her, and use her as a sounding board is invaluable. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's interesting, I've taken that one step further, and, and you and I have talked about this, Dominic. Even when you have the answer, it's always great to get a second or third opinion just to balance it out. Mm-hmm. Invariably, you end up coming back to the decision that you had initially, but there may be slight adjustments on the delivery. Mm-hmm. And... As we've talked about before, just before you just before you press the key to send that email, get a second opinion. Mm-hmm. Just before you respond uh, on a fairly significant decision, get a second opinion. There's no harm in saying, "Let me get back with you." Yeah. Tell me about your your daily practice um, beyond what you've shared. You've you've talked about your morning coffee routine. Are you a meditator? Do you do you do anything that, uh, like gratitude-wise, or what? What's central to you and and who you are, and and how does that bring you centered? Dominic, about three years ago, I started on a daily basis, uh, taking an early morning walk, mm-hmm. and over the last year, I've been going to Soul Cycle uh, two to three times a week, mm-hmm. and I like to I like to completely check out for 30 to 45 minutes a day in order to, in order to regroup. Mm-hmm. Um, other people that I know in my life are engaged in yoga, engaged in meditation. Mm-hmm. I'm a very anxious person <laughs> and it's very difficult for me to sit, sit still for an extended period of time, but to engage in intense aerobics, to engage in an activity that 
necessitates my focus and necessitates me not thinking about anything else has a tremendous, a tremendous, uh, it creates great clarity for me. Mm -hmm. So it probably hasn't always been easy. Tell me about some of the struggles that you have faced in your career as you've come up the ladder and, and gotten to the point that you've achieved now. It's funny you say that. I, to this day, I'm wondering where my next deal is going to come from. Mm -hmm. To this day, I wake up every morning and say, what am I going to do today? Mm. And I've had, I've had challenging, I've had challenging periods uh, in the mid eighties. Mm -hmm. The market was very, very difficult. I overextended myself financially in 1984. And that was the most sobering period of time in my life. Mm -hmm. And it made me realize two things. One, you've got to live within your means. And mm -hmm. two, you have to save. Mm -hmm. It enabled me to come up with the 40, 30, 20, 10 philosophy. Mm -hmm. And that is 40% of your income is set aside for personal living. 30% of your income is set aside for taxes. 20% is set aside for business and 10% is set aside for investments. Hmm. And as time goes on, you can massage those numbers. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, Dominic, the first year that I started that, it was so, so difficult. But the reality of it is because we're independent contractors, because of the fact that we're in control of our financial future, mm -hmm. we've got to have discipline and we've got to be able to create that platform. And the easiest way for me to do it, I set up four different accounts at my bank. Mm -hmm. And every check that I got, I had equal percentages distributed. Mm -hmm. And that was, a, that was a game changer for me. I still do it to this day. Okay. So at the point when it was tough to do and you were, you were struggling to just pay the bills, how did you have the self-discipline or, or how did you get through the point where you you knew, okay, I'm getting this next commission check, but 100% of that check was already accounted for. How do you put that into four different accounts? You have to do it. Okay. You have to do it. Regardless of the position you're in, you have to pick a day in your life that you're going to start this program. Because if you have a $10,000 commission, mm -hmm. and if that were being given to you as an employee, you would see approximately $6,000 of that. 40% mm -hmm. would go. So in looking at it, in a disciplined mind, you're going to get that $10,000 check. The reality of it is you're only going to get $6,000. You're going to get 60% of it. Mm -hmm. And so, and this is a subtle, this is one of the subtle complexities of it. I never see the money. I have, I have the checks dispersed through escrow. Mm. So I never see it. So and it just, it's it just, written to those... 
it I have escrowed I have escrow wire those monies ah. for me. And what I've been doing over the last year is I have the money, I've got an accountant, a bookkeeper. Mm-hmm. I have a bookkeeper that does a breakdown of each of my transactions mm-hmm. and I know where the money's got to be dispersed to. Mm. So out of sight, out of mind. I just never see it. Yeah. And I will tell you, when you have credit card debt of forty-eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and the year before you made thirty-five thousand, uh, it's very sobering. Mm. And that was nineteen eighty-four. Mm-hmm. And I had to take a step back. Recommendations were to file bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Didn't make sense. I just forged ahead mm. and implemented this program. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was twenty years ago. Okay. It's interesting. I that was thirty years ago. Wow, thirty years ago. Bad math. <laughs> was it? Was it? You'll you'll work through 19, that. Nineteen eighty four. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thirty years. Ago. I was born in eighty three. Yeah. Um. So, what kind of relationships have you forged in your business that have been the most profitable and brought you the first the greatest amount of financial success what what kind of people have you focused on working with I'll take a step back I've had I have four people in my life that I've had coffee or breakfast with uh, once a week for the last 10 years Mm. Uh, and I have found that that has been invaluable the ability to keep in touch with a handful of people Mm -hmm. I think every everyone listening Today, Dominic, should identify three people in their lives that they want to have as mentors. Mm. These are people that they look up to, people that they respect. They should meet with these individuals once a month. Mm -hmm. And the ground rules are simple. It's a 30-minute meeting. You show up 10 minutes early, and you make sure that you don't take it past 30 minutes. Mm. You send a follow-up email thanking them, and then you set it up and then you schedule the next meeting before you leave. Mm-hmm. I found it to be incredibly content rich. And it's not always about business. It can be about health. It can be about life. It can be about spirituality. Mm-hmm. And I've got individuals uh, from different walks of life that I admire and that I look up to. That's, that's been a game changer for me. Mm-hmm. I've got three mentors from three different walks of life. Mm-hmm. I've met with uh, Charles Pence in real estate for the last 20 years wow. for uh, a myriad of a myriad of reasons. Mm-hmm. And Charles has got just a really inter- interesting perspective on life. And I think it's been a grounding source on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the last eight years, I've uh, kept in touch with... Uh, kept in touch with Nick Siegel on an ongoing basis. Mm-hmm. And it's been very, very beneficial to me. And I've got a friend of mine in the uh, uh, commercial world, uh, Charlie Topino, mm-hmm. that I reach out to about every other month. And on a social social basis, you know, we definitely we definitely connect once a month. Mm-hmm. The thing that's interesting about all these relationships and all these friendships is that you want to create a platform where you're trying to provide 
you're trying to give as much as you as much as you get. Mm-hmm. And I've never lost the passion for asking questions. <laughs> and it when when you meet with people, you gotta ask questions. You know, hold on to that, hold on to that your inner child, that the curiosity. And by asking questions, you'll be amazed at how people will, will open up for you. And there's so much that you can garner from it, so much that you can learn. Mm-hmm. We're so busy thinking about the next thing that we're going to say that we don't pause to really listen. And when you take that moment and listen, it honors the person that you're with. And they're inclined to tell you more than they probably thought they would have. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's that's powerful. It's something that I've noticed about you. I I think that I I especially see that you you are very thoughtful about the responses and and even just during the course of this interview, um, just taking that breath has. And then I see some of the points that have come from that. That's pretty awesome, too. It's, it's pretty powerful. So I want to talk about Leverage Global Partners. It's, uh, it's a company that was brought to fruition about a year and a half almost ago. And it's experiencing phenomenal wildfire growth. Um, and it's, it's pretty exciting. So tell me about the company and about what the intention behind the company was. I'm one of the co-founders of Leverage Global Partners and the thought process was Partners Trust is an independent real estate company. We wanted to create a network in the U.S. and overseas that would embrace independent real estate companies allow them to have exclusivity in their market and be able to create a platform where people could share business practices, refer business, and be able to communicate and reach out to presidents and marketing directors in each of these companies. Mm-hmm. It's worked out it's worked out beautifully. We started out we started out 18 months ago again, in my backyard, Hmm. kicking around an idea. We brought on two people, so there were three of us, and we had three markets. And those three markets happened to be Barton's Trust markets. (laughs) And as time grew, we went from three markets to 10 markets to 15 markets. Today we're in 139 markets, and we've got 4,600 agents that are engaged, and we've done almost $625 million in referral business. Wow. And it is an amazing, amazing group, and I take such pride in the company. We've got 10 people in the company that are so incredibly talented genuinely and they're 
everyone at the company knows that their input and that their ideas matter. And it is such an amazing environment, you know, to be a part of and, and, to, and to continue to watch it grow. I have every confidence uh, that when we talk again in January, that we will be in over 200 markets. Wow. And we will have over 6,500 real estate agents that are affiliated with it. Mm-hmm. And it all goes back to the importance of high touch and the importance of being available. And it's interesting when we talk about criteria for, you know, for the members, it's, it's not elitist. It's the understanding that you're going to have to commit and get engaged. Mm-hmm. And the greater your engagement, the greater the success. And we've had to say goodbye to some of our members mm-hmm. because there just wasn't, a, wasn't an appropriate alignment. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to make sure that at, at every turn, at every crossroads, that we do the best we can to keep everyone engaged and to provide as much help as we can back and forth. And it's worked out pretty well. Mm-hmm. So what kind of people do you need to bring onto that team? You, you said that, that you're up to 10 now. What, what kind of people are they that they can engage in such a, a strong fashion and they, they have the ability to really do the high touch that, that you're looking for? An overused word, but that is so appropriate for the growth uh, of leverage Global Partners is organic, and it's happened organically. We have brought on the last three associates of the company through word of mouth, mm. and it, uh, it it's worked out. It's worked out incredibly well. They're uh, the common theme. Uh, they're all very social media savvy. They all have a comfortable way of navigating through the computer. Um, understanding programs so it's a tool and not a detriment and just this fearless ability again to ask questions that at at, at the heart information is so important and the only way that you can garner information is by asking questions Mm -hmm. and so one of the one of the key criteria in anybody that works at leverage is you you've got to be inquisitive uh, mm-hmm. And uh, you have to be, you got to be fearless. <laughs> uh, and um, I say that with a smile because, you know, we, we, we're all put to the test, uh, you know, on a daily basis. And it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. How do you balance, in effect, two full-time jobs? Uh my wife would say that I don't, <laughs> but um, we had a discussion on balance and growth this weekend with a group of friends. And when we talk about putting a team together, if you have the willingness to empower somebody in your life, someone on your team to 
have every opportunity to exceed your success, mm -hmm. it creates a very, very powerful group. Mm -hmm. And that's a really difficult combination because typically people want to hire individuals that are talented but not so talented that, that they may take their job. Mm -hmm. If you can do away with that insecurity and if you can bring on people that are smarter than you, mm. there's, there's no limit to what you can do. Because at the end of the day, your clients and the people in your life are working with you because of you. Mm -hmm. Skill sets are secondary. Mm. So if you surround yourself with really talented individuals, there's no limit as to what you can achieve. It's a much more abundant ideology than, than many people would approach it with. I think that... Um, I think that something I've started to see in the past year especially is looking at things with so much more opportunity and and that abundant mentality. Um, and it seems like that's really at the core of your mentality there. I think you have to, that's, that's a wonderful observation. You don't have to come from abundance, but when you come from abundance, mm. good things happen. Mm -hmm. That almost sounds like a fortune cookie. <laughs> but there's so much truth to it. Be willing to educate people around you. Create a platform where people can grow beyond their expectations. Mm -hmm. And you'll generate great business from that and you'll generate great happiness from that. Mm -hmm. So what makes you jump out of bed every day? I want more. What makes me jump out of bed every morning is the fact that there is another opportunity, there's another challenge that day. And it, it Dominic, it doesn't stop. The most successful people, the happiest people, get up every day looking for that next opportunity, mm -hmm. looking for that next great thing to do. They just want more. <laughs> and it's, I'm not sure what's happened. I'm not sure what's happened in our society where there's an inclination for people to settle. There's an inclination for people to be satisfied with what they have. There are no limitations as to what you can do, as to what you can have. You have to identify what you want, you have to come up with a game plan, and you have to go for it. There are no ceilings. Mm. The only thing holding you back is yourself. How do you see your life in the next few years? What, what do you want to create?
interesting. I'd love to see. I'd love to see leverage in 600 markets in the U.S. and 150 overseas. Mm. I'd love to see Partners Trust continue to grow, continue to bring on really, really exceptional people, mm. and and do some really unique. things in social media and online that haven't been done before. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to be able to talk to you January 2015 mm-hmm. and say that within our company we have a hundred a hundred millionaires mm. that we've created a platform and created an infrastructure that's empowered you know our partners and our associates to be just wildly successful mm-hmm. that that would be very very satisfying I really, really appreciate you spending time with me today. It's, uh, it's been incredible, and I think there are a lot of pearls of wisdom that hopefully a lot of people can take and, and use to propel their business life and, and their personal life especially. So um, thank you. I want to acknowledge you for being so open and sharing with me. I really, really appreciate it. Dominic, thank you so much. Wow, I hope that you found that discussion to be as incredible as I did. The road traveled by an entrepreneur isn't an easy one. I myself continue to experience that same thought of where's my business going, of wondering where my next deal is going to come from. I think what makes Efron's story so powerful is that he's a living demonstration of how to take control of your future and your finances. Taking action and having discipline can bring us the level of success, balance, and fulfillment in our lives that we've always wanted. So for that, for being a powerful, exemplary role model, I want to say as sincerely as I can, thank you, Efron Smith. For more resources and highlights from this episode, check out the show's webpage and show notes at dialdominic.com seven. Also, if you've been waiting to write a review, please take a moment today to log into iTunes and leave a rating and your thoughts. This will help more people to hear about the message we're creating here. And please take another brief moment to share your favorite episode of Real Shift Radio with just one person who you think will find value in it. Next week on Real Shift Radio, we're coming back to you with another superstar realtor, Nikki Conway from Sarasota, Florida. You won't want to miss that episode with one of the kindest, most generous people I've ever met. She's built a thriving real estate practice and team utilizing online lead generation to its fullest capability. You're going to love the insight she has to share with us, so be sure to tune in. Until then, shifters, keep it real. Keep it real.